the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. On the basis of sex. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that you probably didn't expect those words to come out of my mouth first thing today. But it's not my version of clickbait, uh, some sort of headline to get you to listen, although it, it may have just happened or may have just made everybody's stomach turn. I'm not sure. But this is the title to the new movie based on the life of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, progressives and liberals have been hovering over YouTube like a pack of rabid wolves anxiously awaiting for the first trailer to drop three days ago liberals all across the fruited plain got their wish now i'm not going to ruin your day by playing the entire thing but i want you to hear just one piece of this trailer listen carefully the word woman does not appear even once in the u.s constitution nor does the word freedom your honor. Oh my gosh, she got him. Oh my gosh. She got him. She's 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 arguing in front of the Supreme Court as a young attorney and she says, you know, rights of women and uh, the, the justice sits there and says the word woman doesn't appear once in the constitution and then she says neither does the word freedom. Pause pause victorious music oh my gosh she got him or did she now my first thought after hearing that uh when something like this uh wait a minute isn't the word freedom the fifth friggin word in the first sentence of the bill of rights i mean who's counting but it's number five it shows up a second time Two sentences later. Now, how do you screw this up? Okay. Okay. I've always assumed that liberal Hollywood, um, you know, had never really read the Constitution. But this is remarkable. Because if this is based on what she believes, which is supposed to be, uh, then our own Supreme Court justice doesn't know the Constitution. Now, so my first thought, my second thought is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is the Bill of Rights technically considered the Constitution? Could it be some sort of, you know, word game here that the Constitution is a Constitution? This is the Bill of Rights, an addendum to the Constitution. So I actually called the National Constitution Center yesterday. Ah, uh, yeah, can you tell me, uh, this might be a stupid question, but is the Bill of Rights officially considered the Constitution? Uh, yeah, dummy, it is. Okay, thanks for talking down to me for a second. It's not a separate document. It was ratified in 1791. Really Easy to check for anybody in Hollywood. It doesn't appear in the Constitution either. Yes, it does. Multiple times. But then I had, and I, then I, then I took a journey in my head. Why? Why was that addendum put onto the Constitution? Because our founders, who could never see 
anything coming, really worried that at some time down the road, somebody in Washington would start to pervert the idea of freedom. And they would try to crush speech. They would try to crush the press. They would try to crush the individual choice of conscience. They would try to crush your right to live free without somebody spying on you. And so they said, you know what? I bet. I bet. No, people would never do that. I don't know. I mean, I know we can't see anything coming or that's what they're going to say. But I see the possibility of a government growing out of control and then start to define rights as something other than the rights that we're all born with. No. Yeah, so that's why they added the Bill of Rights in 1791. Now, either liberal Hollywood forgot that it changed in 1791, or they actually prefer the vaguer pre-1791 version of the Constitution where God-given and natural rights can be excluded if the state so pleases. Now, think about this. What is the greatest roadblock to the radical left's progress? If you hate the fact that you can own a gun, well, it would be the Constitution. If you hate the fact that Fox News or I exist, you'd have to destroy the Bill of Rights. And it works both ways. If you hate the idea of dissenting views or we've got to shut him up because he's just crazy. The Bill of Rights is the clear and present danger to that agenda. It's enemy number one. You see, the new left, the left that is radically moving towards further and further and further to the extreme, they hate 1791. They hate it. They wish it had never happened. The Bill of Rights is, I think, the most important part of our Constitution. It's a constant reminder that I'm going to use that. I'm going to use the F word. Freedom isn't given by the government, that they are granted by God and nature. And that thought, you being aware of that, scares the hell out of progressives. Now, it is possible that I've put too much thought into this. It is possible that the screenwriter just didn't know, didn't do their homework, probably thinks the Constitution is a dusty old document, so why even read it? And there's a possibility that the screenwriter made a mistake and thought, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was actually before, born before 1791, so, you know, maybe she was going over the old one. Personally, I can't see how you make this mistake if you're honest and intelligent. But it is a sign. It is a sign of the times that we live in, that the Bill of Rights is under attack, now maybe more than ever. And it has never been more important to let the Constitution of 1791 
be our guide, our true north, and our lighthouse. It's Thursday, July 19th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know who I think one of my idols is? I think I have a new, I think I have a new, uh, I hate to use the word idol, uh, but uh, one, one of my new heroes is Jim Gaffigan. Have you have you listened to his new his new uh, uh, concert that is out now audio only? I think called Noble Ape. No, yeah, it dropped a couple of days ago, and it is hysterical. And I, I, you know, here's he's going through. He's had a really rough year. Uh, you know, his wife had a brain tumor, and it just oh wow, you didn't know that? Mm-mm. Oh yeah, no. she, she had a brain tumor. You know, they have five children. I know, uh, and really, I. I have a feeling, I mean, he likes being a dad, but I have a feeling, you know, Jim may not have had five children if it wasn't for her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so she's like this, mil- he calls her a, uh, uh, what, a jihadi Catholic. Uh, and, and so there he's, you know, she's always popping kids out. And uh, he had, they find out they're on the road. They had just, she's the right, they write everything together. She's brilliant. She's funny. Uh, and uh, they get along. They're real partners in the true sense. And uh, they find out, I don't remember what happens. I think they were over in London and she gets this blinding headache. And uh, he takes her to the hospital and they said that she has a brain tumor. And it's right in the center of her brain and it's big. And they don't know if she's going to live. So he's had a really bad year. And and then he comes out with his album. And I'm listening to it yesterday. And I know that because they're writing partner, partners, uh, and she hasn't been in any condition really to write, he's written most of this. And the way he takes on his wife's brain tumor, I mean, we've, we're just riddled with problems, Right. We just start, we get so tired and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't do it another day. Look what's happening to the country. I mean, I faced this half hour where every day this week I have talked to you about Russia and Trump and the press. Every day this week at this time, we've been talking about that. And so I got in this morning and I'm like, I can't do it another day. And I thought, how did... How did Jim Gaffigan find such great humor in such a bleak circumstance? I want to be more like that. By the way, his his CD is called Mm -hmm. A Noble Ape. I don't even know if it's a CD. It's just it's been released on iTunes Um, and uh, it's worth I mean, it's just so funny. Here he is talking about his wife's brain tumor. It's been a crazy year for me, crazy year. I don't know if you know, in April, it was discovered my wife had a brain tumor. I'm not even making this up. It was removed. She's great. Everything's good. Thank you. I didn't remove it. I I was in the other room soiling myself, but the tumor is gone, along with my ability to ever win another argument. It's not like I was winning a lot before, but now I'm retired. 
And luckily, my wife's not the type to bring it up. Well, once she did. She was like, you know, I did have brain surgery. And I couldn't be like, yeah, that was like a month ago. It's time to move on, you know? What about my seasonal allergies? We all have our cross to bear. It was crazy. You know, the, the surgeon told me the tumor was the size of a pear, which is scary, but also confusing. I was like, did he go to med school or a farmer's market? <laughs> but tumors are often compared to fruit. A pear, a lemon, a grapefruit. Interesting fact, worst tumor, grapefruit. Worst fruit, grapefruit. <laughs> Play one more cut. This is where he's talking about the doctors. But I have a newfound respect for doctors. I do. Because when you think about it, unless we're sick, we listen to absolutely nothing doctors tell us. They're like, you should lose weight. Never going to happen. <laughs> what else you got? You, you should exercise. Does eating french fries count? <laughs> Get out of my office. <laughs> You have to listen to uh, Noble Abe. You want to have some laughs today uh, at somebody else's expense? Jim Gaffigan, Noble Abe. So I want to talk to you a little bit about selling your home. If you are selling your home, you need the right real estate agent. You need somebody who knows your area, knows how to sell the houses in your area, how, you know, if it's worth, your house is worth, uh, you know, X number of dollars. Somebody comes in and they don't know the area and they don't, they don't know how to sell in your area, they can completely screw you up. So you need a real estate agent that has a great track record, uh, has uh, sold in your area, knows what it's worth, now, when they come in, they also need something else. They need a good marketing plan. You know, it's just not, I'm just, please, please, just don't put balloons up and, and a sign in my yard, please. That's not a good marketing plan. How are they going to sell your home? Working with a right agent makes a significant difference in the outcome of buying or selling a home. Mercury Real Estate has now over a thousand agents. I think we, I actually think we have closer to 5,000 agents now all over America who are just like you. Their word is their bond. They're fans of the show. They share your sensibilities. And every single agent has been individually fully vetted and handpicked by my team for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. And thousands of families have already put real estate agents I trust.com to the test. And the results speak for themselves. Find out for yourself. Go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. They're already helping people who are moving to another area, families who are taking care of their parents remotely, or just helping families get the most for their home as quickly as possible. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. So I had a father-daughter date uh, last night uh, with my uh, my two older daughters, uh, Mary and Hannah. They came over, and and my uh, daughter Hannah, well, both of them actually, Mary and Hannah, have been watching Queer Eye, the new the new uh, Netflix series. 
And they keep saying to me, Dad, when are you going to watch, you know, Queer Eye? I'm like, well, when you have watched uh, the unbreakable uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Um, uh, And so they started watching Queer Eye and they came over last night and they were like, got to watch it, Dad. One episode. So I watched it. Now, I was not a fan of the first one just because I get it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm not... I can only watch those makeover shows, except for Chip and Johanna, for some reason. I can only watch those makeover shows so many times. Mm-hmm. And also, my daughter is also addicted to uh, my, what is it, 800-pound life or whatever that show is where they... 600, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's just like, Dad, it's just so gross, and I'm just so fascinated by it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I don't going to watch shows with you. Um, but uh, so they came over. <clears throat> the premise is that this time they're going into red states and they're going to find Mm. people that, you know, typically you wouldn't expect uh, people in these towns to accept gays or for people from New York to come to these towns and find friends. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they're in Georgia. Are they they setting it up for failure, though? No. No? No. Really? No. Uh, It's the best portrayal of of red state people i've seen it i've only seen one episode saw the first one and and hannah and mary tell me they're all like this their point is to unite Mm. and um it's it was remarkable the first episode you will cry through it's this guy in georgia and he starts out he's just a normal i mean everybody knows this guy at least every Everybody outside of New York City knows this guy. And he's just a he's a nice guy, but he's been divorced a couple of times and he's uh you know, he's 57 and out of shape and you know, wears dad pants and you know, the white socks with his shoes and has really kind of given up. And uh it's kind of sad cuz you like him almost immediately. And um He's got, I can't remember, I think it's lupus, so he's, his face is all kind of uh, scarred up. And, uh, and he's, you know, he's like, I, I'm just, you can't do anything with it. You can't fix ugly. <laughs> and um, you can see these guys, these five guys, that really bothers them because he says it a lot towards the beginning. And they finally sit him down and they're like, dude, we didn't know you. We love you. Um, stop saying that. You're not ugly. And they, they trim his beard and they give him a haircut and they um, work on his house. And I mean, th- there's, there's somebody who works on his diet. Another guy works on his, uh, you know, the house. Another guy works on his style. Another guy worked on his face to help him with the lupus. And in a week's time, this guy's life had changed. He said... You know, I've been like this for about 15 years. I just kind of gave up 15 years ago. He he met a girl that he loved and uh, they got divorced. It didn't go into why. Uh, and you could tell. I mean, every time he talked about her, you could tell how much he loved her. And he just didn't have the confidence to go back and say, let's. What did we do? Uh, and uh, and in the end. He calls her up and uh, asks her out for a date. It goes really well. 
they show it the 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 postscript not in the show postscript is they got married the two of them got remarried that's pretty cool it is you have to watch Hmm. it it is if you want to watch something where people who are supposedly not supposed to get along Mm -hmm. get along and end up loving each other queer eye netflix oh there's been a huge buildup, but today is the day this is it july 19th glenn is hosting a free online investment training broadcast special and it can be really valuable to you it could be helpful to your financial future bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are a big deal you know we've been talking about them investing in them for many years now but you know it's it's getting more and more hard to understand the truth from the hype one guy who understands it Tika Tawari from Palm Beach Letter. He can walk you through the new case for for Bitcoin, talk you, to you about three cryptocurrencies uh, that he recommends you should buy. There's three of them, and this is you know really important information. Plus, you get ex- uh, exclusive free training on the new market and access to Palm Beach Letter's exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com right now. It's tonight. This is happening tonight. Don't delay any longer. BeckCryptoShow.com. BeckCryptoShow.com. Get registered and learn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So we have a, we have a fascinating um, story. A Monday, while the president was giving his speech in Russia, we were talking to Bill Browder. Now, Bill Browder is the guy whose attorney, Magninsky, uh, was uh, was beaten and executed, uh, murdered by Vladimir Putin. Uh, he was a guy who was trying just to uncover corruption. Bill was paying this attorney to do some business over in Russia. This was a Russian attorney. He found corruption and he said, I've got to expose this. As a, as a Russian citizen, I have to expose this. So he brings it to the authorities, thinking that they, they care. Well, they did care, but just to keep him shut up because the corruption was coming from the highest levels. So he's taken in, he's arrested, he's beaten, and then executed. So the Magnitsky Act, this is the, this is the big thing with Russia and why Trump was meeting with the Russians in the Trump Tower to get the Magnitsky Act uh, repealed bill the guy who hired mendingsky the the attorney um he is the guy responsible for that act he's the guy who said you know what i uh we, we have to do something putin is a really bad guy and the only way you're going to affect him is by f- affecting the the income of the oligarchs around him Now, this has made him enemy number one to Putin and all of the oligarchs because our sanctions are based on the Magnitsky Act. Bill is targeted and he's targeted by Putin. And the truly amazing thing is that uh, Putin hasn't gotten a hold of him yet. He has tried to have him arrested in Spain uh, Bill, we can't even tell you where his location is, but here's the update. While we were talking about him Monday, while we were talking to him on Monday, Putin and Trump were talking about him in the press conference, and Putin made this wonderful gesture of, look, 
I tell you what, I'll send over my KGB agents. You send over some people that I want to talk to. And he mentioned Bill Browder by name. Now, Jason Batrill is here, and, and Jason is our national security guy. And when we heard that, we thought, well, there's no way that's going to happen, right? No way. Yeah, no way. No. No way. way. Donald Trump, yesterday we found out, is actually considering sending Bill Browder to Putin for questioning. What does that mean, uh, Jason, to Bill, you suppose? Uh, the same thing, basically, as Magnitsky. I mean, that's you're delivering him up, basically, for the same to fate. Be killed. He has been called a threat to Russian national security, enemy number one to Vladimir Putin. So the, the context of this is crazy. They've been going after him for years. He's been on the Interpol list six times, actually detained back, I think, in March in, in Spain. They want him so badly, which is, is just it's just so ludicrous. I, I don't I didn't even I heard Putin say that. And I didn't even think oh. that that was a, a legitimate request. I, I'm looking for a, a bill to actually get on the phone. And apparently he's on hold I'm, now. I'm, so let's. I'm, let's I'm, I'm, I'm here. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry, here. Bill. I, we were stalling until you got on, and I didn't even see it. Yeah. Uh, Bill, thank you for being on. How? What is this like for you? Um, well, let me just add one other um, layer of horribleness to this, and then, and then let's talk about what it's like for me. So, so Vladimir Putin wants me, and he announced that he wanted me um, in that uh, press conference in Helsinki. Jeez. And Trump said, Trump said, incredible offer. But then, and this is the really shocking, shocking, more shocking part, I should say, is that the next day, they said they wanted me and some Americans. And they made a list of Americans that they also want. And that list includes um, the people who were involved in, in Washington, um, in, in Congress, in the State Department of passing the Magnitsky Act. And it also includes special agents from the Department of Homeland Security who are investigating money laundering in the United States connected to the Magnitsky Act. So basically, what Putin wants is to go after everybody in the United States at a top level who had something to do with causing the Magnitsky Act and causing all this trouble. So you had to have... About you had to have hoped that on Monday that the president was saying, well, that's an incredible thing. And he wasn't serious and it wasn't going to happen. Yesterday, we find out that he's still considering this. So, so he's considering handing over people who have been serving the country to fight Russian evil to the Russians. Just just let that sink in for a second. These are patriots. <laughs> These are patriots who aren't making money in business who aren't, you know, going out in entertainment. They're toiling away in Washington, serving the country. There's no way this will the happen. the service of the United States. There's no way well, this will no, happen. Well, I mean, they, they said we're considering it. Yeah, well, incredible they, they, I will tell you this, Bill. I don't believe the American people would ever allow that to happen. I mean, look, I'm a guy who was against Donald Trump, and I'm for some of his policies. I can, you know, I don't like his character, but some of his policies are good. But I'll tell you, I am not an impeachment guy by any stretch of the imagination. If Donald Trump sends you or anybody else over to Putin, I'm done. I'm done. And I think a lot of Americans would say, okay, that, 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 there's the line. There's the line. You cannot send people like you over there. Can't. 
That's a death sentence, is it not? It's a death sentence, 100% for sure. It's, there, there's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. Vladimir Putin wants to kill me. There's no question about that. So, Bill, I don't want you, obviously, to get into any specifics, uh, but has your life changed now? Do you, I mean, you've always been watching your back, but are you safe well, I've never been safe. I mean, so I, I, I actually, so the, the Magnitsky Act is a piece of legislation which remarkably hits, it's, it's like in a game of battleship. You never know, you know whether you hit the ship or not. We, we got a direct hit right between the eyes of Vladimir Putin because the Magnitsky Act goes after money and their ability to travel of Putin and his oligarchs. And these guys are so terrified of, of having their, all the money that they've stolen in Russia frozen in the West. And it completely hits them where it counts. And, and, uh, and as a result, and this is not something that just happened on, on, the, on this week, this has been going on for years now, they've been coming after me, as you mentioned. They're now on their seventh Interpol arrest warrant for me. I was, as you also mentioned, I was arrested in Madrid, Spain on May 30th on a Russian Interpol arrest warrant. I've been stopped at borders, all sorts of stuff, because the Russians are trying to get me. Now, fortunately, up until this moment, the Western world protected me. And when I say the Western world, I mean the countries, the United States, Canada, Australia, the United Kingdom, Germany, France, etc. And now all of a sudden, we have the, the, the most powerful man in the free world says, that's an incredible offer. I mean, just, it's, it's truly remarkable. Well, you can rest a little bit uh, that he's pissed off, uh, you know, France and England so much. They might just double their protection of you just to spite him. Uh, but uh, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, point out that, that I, I, I emigrated 29 years ago to England. I'm a British citizen. I've been living there for 29 years and the British government f- fully protects me. So, I mean, Donald Trump doesn't actually have the jurisdiction to hand me over to the Russians. But right. the fact the fact that, that the fact that he's even considering it, and and most most shockingly that he's considering handing over people who have served who are serving the American government, who is serving America, in service to America, that he's going in, in fighting Putin to Putin into the en- enemy clutches. That's the most outrageous part of this whole story. You know, um, I said what ten fifteen years ago. There's going to come a time when you just do not recognize your country. And uh, I felt that way now for probably about five, five or six years where I just I'm like, holy cow, uh, every day there's something. This is maybe one of the most significant. Um, uh, the you know, the 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 press conference was bad uh the uh the kissing up uh, you know and i can i can understand both sides on on this i don't excuse him by any stretch uh however uh, this finding out you know yesterday that he is seriously considering this uh is i don't recognize my country i do not recognize my country bill um yeah stay safe uh, let us know. Please count us in your corner. Uh, if there is any time you need to ring a warning bell, you call us. Uh, we will get the word out. Um, you know, it, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. England is unshakable uh, with you. 
they're unshakable. Nothing is going to happen to me while I'm in England. Uh, unless Putin is goes in and kills somebody again on in English uh, soil, and you don't have you don't have anybody you don't have the left in England um, pussyfooting around with you or anything. I mean, you're you're good in England. Um, the, the, you know, in England, we, we have a there, we have a thousand years of, of rule of law. Um, the courts would never allow me to be sent back to Russia. Bill, stay safe. Keep your family safe, and we will pray for you. Please call us if there's anything that you need. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bill. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. It's pretty chilling. It's amazing. So there's my line. I think that's yeah. my line. I think that is my that's oh, yeah, for that's sure. my line. For me, too. You know? You can't turn over. Well, he's not an American citizen anymore, so but I, we if don't he, have the ability to turn him over. If he turns but. anyone over, then you know what? I'm so close to the line. When he said that on Monday, I'm thinking, okay, he just got out of a meeting. He hasn't talked to his advisors. He hasn't talked to anybody. You know, he's in with Putin. Putin's doing what Putin does. Mm-hmm. He does this conference um, uh, Trump is doing what Trump does, all hyperbole. Well, that's quite an offer, blah, blah, blah. But to come back and on Wednesday, you've been home for two days, and on Wednesday still say, well, we're considering that. No, 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 no. That's really, uh, that. that's very, very disturbing. Can I put into context just how dangerous Bill Browder is uh, to the Putin regime? So we've called the Putin regime kleptocratic, you know, you know, that's basically that's not really a democracy. It's not really anything else. It's a kleptocratic regime. And the whole way, this is an example of how Putin even got into power to begin with. He was very, very uh, tight with a man named Roman Abramovich, who actually lived in the Kremlin for a time. He started off as a street vendor selling toys. Today, after helping Putin get into office and intertwining himself in the in the country, he's one of the most richest men in the world, a gazillionaire, basically. He now owns Chelsea Football Club. Um, look this guy up. It's a crazy story, but it shows you how interconnected oligarchs, big businessmen are, and how they get things done in Russia. So it's 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 the mafia, it's big businessmen, oligarchs, all working in concert with the government, basically just to make themselves richer, to steal from their people and to make people richer. Now, what the Magnitsky Act does is it targets those people. It lays the blueprint to how to bring Putin down, and Browder delivered that. That's why he's so dangerous. So one more thing on on Trump. I don't believe that Trump is, you know, I don't believe he would have people killed and blah, blah, blah. I don't believe any of that. Um However, the thing about Donald Trump living in New York City, you kind of like Donald Trump when you live in New York City because the guy gets it done. For instance, how many uh, times did we say when they were re- planning to rebuild the World Trade Center Tower? Yeah. Let Donald Trump do it. Yeah. He'll get it done. He'll get it done. And the Doesn't reason. Doesn't have to be 11 years down the road. Correct. And he has many examples. For instance, the ice rink in. Uh, in um, uh, New York City, in the in Central Park, they that was a debacle that went on for a decade, and they couldn't fix an ice rink. Mm-hmm. And finally, he stood up and said, "You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Everybody, get out." It was open within a year, and it was great. When they said, "You can't develop all of this land by the West Side Highway," 
you know, because it's it's a garbage dump and it's it's, you know, right up against the what he said. OK, I'll do it. Go down that West Side Highway now. Yeah, it's you all go Donald underneath Trump. all of the Donald Trump hotels. OK, mm-hmm. and they were up so fast. I remember uh, seeing a garbage sanitation building took about three years to build mm-hmm. in that time. Three Donald Trump uh, hotels were built. OK, mm-hmm. he gets things done. That's the thing that he has in common with Putin. You don't want to ask Donald Trump, how did you cut that core? How did you get that done in this city? Don't ask. (laughs) Don't ask. That's the part where they connect is they'll get it done. Putin will just kill people in elevators to get it done. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about Simply Safe. Simply Safe, uh, great home security. If you really want to keep your family safe, you want cutting edge technology that works, uh, that is uh, almost invisible. I mean, really, really small. You, you, you'll never notice it, but I'm telling you, something goes wrong in your house, uh, the bad guys will notice. It's an alarm system that is really the top of the line it's why in all of the you know like wired magazine all these um, high-tech magazines they keep winning award after award after award the best around the clock protection you can find for 15 dollars a month and you own the system it's simplysafebeck.com get 10 percent off the purchase of the system now it's an incredible system and a very, very reasonable, you're not going to believe the price. Simply Safe Home Security. It's simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. Welcome to the program. I'm uh, so glad that you have uh, joined us. Uh, coming up next, we have Selena Zito. She is probably. The only reporter in America who I think understands the red state and how people are thinking. Uh, We're going to talk to her about what the media is thinking and what her perception of this week is. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. It's Thursday, July 19th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to start with this audio of Sean Spicer being interviewed about the president. Is the president a truthful person? I believe so. You never felt like he had you go out there and stick your neck out for claims he knew to be well, there, false. There were, I mean, look, he's the ultimate salesman. I think he talks about it in his books, how he uses uh, hyperbole to sell issues. And, and that's how he is. He's a salesman and a negotiator and a businessman, first and foremost. But do you regret sticking your neck out for some of his more outlandish are, claims look, that were proven to be false? I'm thinking about, for example, the inauguration <laughs> the three to five million fraudulent votes during look, the election, there- having tapes of Comey in the Oval Office. <laughs> I mean, those are three examples of things that are now known. I appreciate you keeping it to three. Yeah, I mean. Okay, so what is she saying here? Is the president a truthful person? Uh, No, I I think we can all agree on that one. No, no. Hyperbole at best. Hyperbole at best. However, don't you feel, she says, don't you feel used? Well, I don't know. Could I turn that question around on the mainstream media? Did you feel used by uh, President Obama? I mean, because the lies there were not about crowd sizes. That was about Benghazi and a and a video that got a bunch of people, including an ambassador, killed. 
and you defended it. You called anybody who believed anything else a conspiracy theorist. So did you feel used? How about did you feel used when uh, the president was saying you can keep your health care, you can keep your doctor if you like it, when it was provably false? Did you feel used at all when he said, no, I don't want single payer health care? But that was the logical conclusion. And the president in a video said that before the election, his first election, that what we have to do is we have to get this health care and then we'll get a single payer health care because that will lead to that. The only way it could have led to it is a collapse of the system. Did you feel used? Now, here's Mike Barnacle on MSNBC yesterday. We rewrote the Constitution and have another president take over right now. Stop. Uh, Stop. Did you hear what he just said? We need to rewrite the Constitution and get rid of Donald Trump right now. We need to rewrite the Constitution. You cannot say you love the Constitution and this man is unconstitutional. And then say, let's rewrite the Constitution right now. First of all, that's not done in a back room. You want to rewrite the Constitution. That's called the amendment process. And the amendment process will take, he'll be out of office by the time you get that passed. You, you just, you don't rewrite the Constitution to get rid of a president. You impeach him. But you don't have the political courage to do that because you don't have the the evidence to do that. Bill Maher was was talking to uh, Ben Shapiro and he said to Ben Shapiro, you know, how can you guys be for uh, how can you be for Donald Trump when he's for tariffs and you guys weren't for tariffs? I mean, how is it that the everybody's, you know, everybody on the right is flip flopping bill. Everybody on the left is flip flopping, too. Now, here's here's my point of this monologue. I'm not a big enough man and a strong enough man. To not want to rip the eyeballs out of people. Uh, as they're attacking me or the right for being inconsistent, I'll at least admit our side is being inconsistent. I'll at least admit, oh, yep, we're not deficit. Nah, we don't care. But don't come to me and say you now care about the deficit. You as a individual may, but you can't tell me that your side did. Because you didn't do anything about it. Well, yeah, but that wasn't our issue. I don't know. It was in 2008. Remember, it's unpatriotic to have a deficit like this. So I, I just, I would like, I wanted to talk to Selena Zito because I think she's a really, probably one of the best journalists in America. Um, and she listens to the center of the country and she's surrounded by the people also, uh, you know, in the media centers. And I, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to deal with this anymore. And I just don't want to deal with it the same way I've been dealing because it's not making any difference. Selena, welcome to the uh, program. Hey there, Glenn. Thanks so much for having me on. You bet. Great monologue. So, Great monologue. Yeah. So 
in your book, The Great Revolt, which everybody should read, especially everybody in the press. Um, by the way, question. Have you have you talked to many of your colleagues in the press that have said, wow, Selena, I read your book. What a great eye opening experience. Yeah, there have been a handful that have read it and have said that there have been a handful of Democrats, including elected Democrats uh, who have said, oh, my God, this is a blueprint, not only of what happened, but what's happening now and what's going to happen next. Uh, so I have had that, but honestly, I don't think enough people have yeah. read it. And I'm not saying that because I wrote it uh, with, along with my buddy, Brad Todd, um, but because it's so instructive. It's so real time. And it gives, it, it, it's a map, it's a blueprint that tells you this is what happened. This is what is happening. This is what's going to happen next. Dear God, why aren't you paying attention? I know, I know. And I tell you, <laughs> Selena, you and I have been friends for a very long time. Uh, and I love your writing. I, I love it because you always back it up with history and you actually do your homework. You're fair. Um, but this book, you were the first one, I think, to nail Donald Trump. I don't remember what that phrase was exactly that you said right after the election. Do you I was seriously, literally, that was right before um, before the uh, election and during an interview uh, with Trump. Uh, for the Atlantic, I had just uh, lost my job, and I had interviewed him the you know, the day after I left my job, and that's that's a phrase that actually Brad it's, came up with. Say say um, it again. Voters take him voters take him seriously, but not everything that he says literally. Right. Whereas the press and the political class take him literally, sort of like Amelia Abdelia, but they don't take him seriously and because they didn't take him seriously they missed the election and they are also currently missing what is going on now and let me let me let me, let me compact this for you for a second in, in terms of understanding you know um how voters react to what has happened in the past few days with Helsinki so for generations i would say all the way back to mark Hanna, the first sort of campaign manager for william mckinley in 1896 <laughs> for generations uh, politicians have been have said lovely things carefully scripted and and, and they're beautiful and they're flowery and they're and, and they've been focus grouped to death um but they never back it up with the results donald trump conversely doesn't really say what voters want to hear but he gives them the results that they want. This is why everything is sort of flipped on their ha on its head. The pretty politicians with their pretty words, you know, win elections, but they never ever ever actually follow through with the results. Trump, who is <laughs> um, loose with his words and loose with his facts, at the end of the day, he actually gives the voters their results, and that's why people in in the political class look at this and say, "Wait, what? He's not talking the way everybody else talks." And voters are, like, saying, wait, what? He's actually doing what he said he was going to do, but we don't kind of like the way he says it. You are, that is exactly right. I mean, I before the election, um, you know, I was obviously not for Donald Trump. And uh, even, you know, in the first six months, not really for Donald Trump, because he had no results. 
and I didn't believe he would he would run his uh, administration the way he's running it with the to get the conservative style results. He is. But I hate the way he does, you know, the way he presents everything. I hate it. But I can't argue with the results. That's exactly right. And that's why voters made a pragmatic choice. Donald Trump was not the cause of this populist coalition. And, you know, you have read me since 2006. I have been writing that this has been coming since that first wave election when moderate pro-life, pro-gun, uh, fiscally conservative Democrats won the, uh, the midterms. It wasn't because they were Democrats. It's because they weren't um, Democrats or Republicans. He be- that's when both parties sort of started to fall apart. He blew both of them up in, in this last election. And, and, with, and, and the problem, sort of the hypocrisy problem that keep, people keep pointing their fingers at back and forth with each other, is because we are real time in the moment of the political coalitions realigning. And in previous times when this has happened, we didn't have that, you know, instant communication to, to, um, to sort of, you know, uh, write about it in real time. Well, now we do. We're watching these. The, the, there is, there are new coalitions. Republicans are different than they were four years ago. Democrats are different than the, they were four years ago. And people sort of don't know how to say, wait, if I just look backwards a couple minutes, I was for something else before, and now my party isn't? What's going on here? And, and then instead of, like, being reflective and thinking about it and thinking about why it got to that point, we just point fingers at the other side and say, you're being a hypocrite. And, and that's sort of the biggest problem that the, my profession has in, in that this has caused a sort of hysteria every time that Trump speaks. So, you know, say Monday when, when the whole Helsinki thing happened. I just got done with interviewing Steve Scalise. And I was walking back to my car. I turned the car on. I turned the radio on. Serious radio comes on. I don't even remember what channel, news channel it was on, but I hear the uh, the announcer say, "This is the worst thing ever. I can't believe Trump did this." And the, the next person say, "This is unprecedented. This has never happened before." And I just turned it off because you know what? I hear that every day, and so does everyone else. So and uh, we've lost faith in the press for that behavior. Okay, so Selena, I man, you are just so right on. There sometimes. <laughs> You know, people don't um, uh, sometimes people don't uh, change. Ronald Reagan said this. The time kind of just catches up with them and it's their time. This is your time. I mean, you you get it more than anybody else um, and can explain it. So when when I was listening this week, it seems to be that every time the press, they just they've gone crazy and so every time they see Donald Trump do something that they don't like, um, they immediately pounce and it feels almost like they, they say to themselves, oh, we got him this time. And then it doesn't turn out that way. And so it winds them a little tighter and, oh, we got him this time. On Monday, they were so convinced that this would bring down his administration that they mm-hmm. went, I mean, they launched all of the nuclear missiles <laughs> when this doesn't take him out where do they go from here 
Well, what they've done is they've widened the trust gap once again between themselves and the people that consume the news. And and so what they do is they sort of isolate uh, themselves and they only pick and they, and they only get the people who want to believe what they say rather than the people that need to, um, you know, rather than everyone. I mean, the news, honestly, my idea of the news is you got an anchor, they're reading the news, and it's read dispassionately. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. And that's my idea. That's what I crave as, as a reporter. Uh, but, but we don't get that anymore. And, 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 if, and if some journalists will say, well, you know, I'm just you know, telling the facts. Well, there's inference. Mm-hmm. And, and, and people aren't stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, our mm-hmm. IQ isn't that of a gnat. People under, see and feel and hear and read inference. It's there. And even if they don't particularly love Donald Trump or don't particularly like him or didn't even vote for him, they tend to gravitate more towards this coalition. I'm not saying him, but more towards this coalition and, and siding with it and exciting it and, 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 incur- and, and are encouraged to show up because there's part of them that sees themselves in Trump. Not that he's rich, not that he's a billionaire, but because all the odds are against him. And, and, and so they, even if they don't like him, they're like, you know what, this guy, this guy right here, he, he's really taking it on the chin for all of us. I don't particularly like him, but I like the results and, uh, and I don't like the way the press and the larger institutions treat him. I'm going with this guy. I'm going with this guy's team. You're absolutely right. Hang on just a second. We want to continue our conversation with Selena Zito here. She's co-author of a, a book called The Great Revol- Revolt. She's been a reporter that I've watched for years and just I, she is the best and she gets it. She knows how America is uh, is feeling right now. We'll continue our conversation in just a second. First, uh, let me um, let me introduce you to the the language of FEMA. FEMA said in December next year, meaning this year, is going to be totally different. If we are hit with real disasters. Uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and everything else. FEMA will not be able to be the first responder. And they said every American needs to prepare. This is only going to get worse uh, with our deficits going through the roof. Uh, we, we just we just we're we're out. We're out. Uh, and FEMA is broke this year, believe it or not. So that means you have to take care of yourself. Well, that's what Americans have always done best. My Patriot Supply understands that you may not know exactly how to prepare, and that's why they're helping you. And this month, uh, or if uh, sorry, this week, it ends, I think, maybe over the weekend. It may end tomorrow. This week only, you can get a three-month emergency food kit and save $250. Now, they have never, ever offered this before. I don't know if they will offer it again. It's this week only, three months of food, breakfast, lunch, dinner, packed in rugged slimline totes. The food lasts up to 25 years in storage. It is a $250 savings this week. So call 800-200-7163. That's 800-200-7163. Or go online to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. 
Selena Zito, who has her finger on the pulse uh, of America and and also is, uh, you know, finds herself in the belly of the beast. She is Jonah in the whale. Um, and I don't know how you do it. Uh, I did it for a while. I could not take it. Um, and, and Selena, I tell you, there's been a change in me when I was on with Brian Stelter. Um, I was so disgusted that I had been asked to come on to speak about why the right is not listening to the media. And then you're, you're asking for my opinion, but you're arguing with me every step of the way. And I can't even make my point. And then you just go on personal attacks. Uh, and I, uh, I gave up on the media. I, I, I really don't want anything to do with them anymore. Um, and yeah. I don't, I don't know what that means yet, but I just, I, you don't really actually want to know the truth. So I'm not interested. Um, well, you know, uh, first of all, it's not, I mean, just with your interview with Brian, it's, it's, it's not what I think the, the premise is ridiculous. Uh, how to get people to listen to the media, like to obey to what they tell them. I mean, that premise in of itself is, is, is ridiculous. You know, people are free thinkers and they're going to, to, you know, they're going to believe and read whatever the, they want. And that's why right, we but- have eliminated the curators in this world, not just in our shopping, but also in the media. So you're, I don't believe you're alone, Glenn. I, I do believe that that is the trend as opposed to, you know, an outlier. So I, I, I want to talk to you. We're going to take a break here in a second. I want to talk to you about a couple of things. You say in your book, you know, that your book is a blueprint. So what comes next? How do we move forward uh, when no one will admit that they're wrong um, or played a role in anything? And I also want to go back and talk to you about this week. Is there uh, and the perception of Donald Trump in the center of the country with the people who support him? Um, is there a line there at all that he could cross back in a minute? When you walk in to buy a car, you really don't have a choice of what salesperson you use in most instances. Whoever walks up to you kind of has the rights to you and you negotiate with that person. And if you're going down the wrong road half an hour in, most people are just going to stick with it and ride it out and suck it up and deal with it. You don't have to do that with real estate agents. You can go another way. You can go with someone who's already been screened, who already has been qualified by a pretty intense system from realestateagentsitrust.com. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find one of the 1,200 agents all over America that have already been qualified that you know, share your values. A lot of these people listen to the show. They understand business, uh, how it's supposed to be done, and how it's it was done in the past. And they make sure that you can get the right real estate agent. They make sure you get the right deal for your house. And they make sure you're treated with respect. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you need to sell your house fast and for the most money. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Selena. Um, yesterday, we were talking to Selena Zito. She is uh, an amazing writer. She wrote the book, The Great Revolt. Everyone in America should read this, especially the press. Uh, it was really good for me to read um, because it. she went and she 
you know, she travels the country, but unlike the press corps, she does it in her car. She stays, you know, in in non-named hotels. She, she eats where the locals eat, and she learns what people are really feeling. Um, and she found out some amazing things about Trump supporters that completely take the narrative of the media and turn it upside down. It's called The Great Revolt, and you should read it. Um, she joins us now. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Yesterday, during the um, uh, during the cabinet meeting, President Trump uh, and I read this from a press report and I had not listened or watched the video. And uh, the report came out that he had answered in a press uh, in, uh, answered to a presser that uh, that he was uh, that that Russia was not targeting the United States anymore. And I was about to go off on that when uh, one of the uh, one of my coworkers said, wait, wait, have you seen the video? And I said, no, do I need to? And she said, yep, played the video. That's not what happened. Do you agree with that? Yeah, he was answering no about uh, not answering a question. Yeah, he was. This is what gets my profession in trouble. And it's sort of everybody swarmed around and everybody said, this is what happened. This was happened. Treason. You know, he, he can't, you know, he can't make up his mind, blah, 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 whatever the hysteria of the moment is. And, and turns out it's not true. Yeah. And it makes everybody look bad. Okay. So, so here we are in a place where we can't trust really anybody. Um, you, you, everybody is working on an agenda and it could be to take the president down or defend the president. Um, and what we're seeing is exactly what you said a few minutes ago, that we are seeing a shift in politics here. We're seeing, we're seeing the old go away and there is new, there is a new form of politics, um, that I see on the horizon. And I wanted to get your opinion on this. The the Democrats, the old Democrat that everybody, you know, the blue dog Democrat and the Democrats of my father, even the FDR Democrats, they're dead. They're gone. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so they're becoming more and more radical. And what I said on Fox is eventually they're just going to take the mask off and they're going to say, yep, I am socialist because this doesn't work. We're now seeing a Democratic socialist uh kind of party form that is becoming more and more radical the you know in your book you say i think it's 21 percent of the trump supporters are people who voted for barack obama uh and are kind of that reagan democrat so you have you have that which leaves a couple of places uh when you have extreme on one side you're going to have the extreme of the alt-right um, and they do not fit in the Trump category, uh, no. and and they don't fit with the others that are left, which are the traditional small government, constitutional American. What comes next? How are we net? What do you see on the other side of this? Well, you you know, as the Great Revolt explains, we're in a mid of the middle of building two new coalitions. The, uh, the the Republican side has more of those New Deal Democrats. I would argue that probably entitlement reform is probably dead for a generation, right? Mm. Um, because they're a new part 
of this Republican coalition, this populist coalition. But on the, on the, on the Democratic side, because they shed their New Deal Democrats, because they shed their moderates, because pro-life, pro-gun, fiscal responsibility, and, and, um, and pro-military have sort of been elbowed out, their party has gone more left, more cosmopolitan, more international, um, more multicultural. Look, you saw Barack Obama actually take that step in 2012. In 2008, his election was all about bringing people together, and, and which included the New Deal Democrats. In 2012, he changed the calculus that has been in this country since the 1930s. We went from sort of a Goldwater uh, New Deal argument to a multicultural, you know, um, the, the world first as opposed to America first. Yes. And, and that is what has happened to the Democratic Party. And you see traces of it um, sometimes blatantly within within the press because not only that they, they tend to be more aligned with the democratic party but also you become what your neighbors are they live in these super zip codes where people don't you know have the same sort of lifestyle the same sort of values you know the same sort of um attendance to their to what they believe community should be about than the people that live outside of of those more super zip codes you know they don't go to church as much they don't own a gun they're probably not pro-life and and so it's a completely different sort of you know world america isn't first they're more of a uh, they see themselves as a citizen of the world first and then an american where if you go outside of those areas people see themselves as what like, of course i'm an american first i saw a poll today that said uh it's uh, there are more Democrats that believe in UFOs than there are Democrats that believe in the traditional America. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't shock me. This yeah. actually doesn't shock me. So though they're not just citizens of the world. They're then citizens of the universe. Yeah, they're they're No, they're citizens. Of, they're, they're they're citizens that, you know, don't believe in the the typical constitutional rule of uh, of law so so what does that mean for um, this move to the uber left um, there was a i'm going to give a story here in about 20 minutes in uh, south dakota there was uh, a, a guy who uh, the, the 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 feds raided uh, his house um, and they found all kinds of bomb-making materials. He was uh, Antifa, uh, extreme anti-government, uh, very, very lefty. This hasn't been reported by anyone, anyone, anywhere. Uh, and it's happened days ago. We're, we're, we're not looking at what the left is actually doing. Will Americans... Are we at a, let's explain it this way, are we at a ultimate moment uh, with the left? Are they going to overplay their hand? Or because of the lack of education, are we, are we going to go for it this time? No, I think they're overplaying their hand. I spend much too much time on the road and in communities across the country. Just drove from Savannah to Pittsburgh, all going all back roads. I think it took me 14 hours. Um, uh, I don't see evidence of, of, of 
It didn't matter what race or what gender or what community I was in. I don't see any evidence of that. You know, uh, the, God is still very much important in the lives of Americans. The American flag is very important into the lives of the American and American people, and, and localism is. And if localism is important, that means America is important yeah. because everybody wants their community to be stronger. And if their community is stronger, then the country is stronger. This is a this is a moment of overplaying their hand. This is something that we have seen throughout history. Uh, the the reason that it's so extreme at this moment and so omnipresent is that because we are so connected. 20 years ago, we wouldn't be connected to that guy in South Dakota. Or is it South Dakota, did you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he would have done his thing, peaked, and went away. But because we are so connected, we know about it. Now, that knowledge isn't bad. We learn from it and use it, but we don't believe it's a tidal wave that's going to change something. We, and that's why I look at, uh, you know, when you read the Great Review, well, you see much, so much pragmatism in these voters. It's really an, an, an aspiration. So it's really kind of uplifting. So talking to Selena Zito, the co-author of The Great Revolt. Um, so with that being said, let me go the opposite direction uh, <laughs> where the press is just saying this guy is a traitor. This is treason. First of all, it's the only crime in the Constitution that is that is defined. It is not treason. And let's be a little careful with that. Um, but they're they're playing this so huge and it uh you could make the case well they're making the case you know where are all the people all the americans that were against uh russia you know all the conservatives they knew who vladimir putin was is there a line that trump could cross for instance i just had bill browder on and yesterday, uh, you know, Trump was still considering the, well, maybe we'll ship some people over to be questioned by Vladimir Putin. Uh, and Bill Browder is one of the ones that uh, Putin wanted. Is is there a line that he could cross? Uh, uh, you mean to lose his voters or yes. to make an to, agreement? To, to make to people say, say to, to lose his voters? Yeah. 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 You know what he would do? Join the swamp. Become part of the swamp. The, the, that is literally it. As long as he doesn't do that, he's going to be fine with it. And what does that mean? Well, then he becomes Mitch McConnell, <laughs> um, or you know, you know, it, it becomes you know part of the system, the establishment. And he has proven every day that is not who he is. So, uh, in, in his good points and in his bad points. So I said a couple of weeks ago, Selena, that. I think what's what I'm seeing here with with Donald Trump is is very much like what happened with the black community with O.J. Simpson. Um, I couldn't understand how people were cheering for his release. And at the time, everybody was saying, no, he's innocent. He's innocent. Now you look at the polls from African-Americans and they're all like, no, guilty of sin. Um, but what it was, was they were tired of the system always beating them down. And so it didn't really ma- it wasn't about him. It was about anyone that could beat the system that was black. Is is that how you think Americans in some cases look at Donald Trump, that they are tired of the press? They're tired of the system of government. Always. They're always losing. 
And here's a guy that's winning. Yeah, absolutely. He's not polished. He's not not the greatest messenger. But he certainly uh, uh, is someone who bucks the system. They see that with him every day. Every single day. He doesn't just blow up Democrats in the press. He also blows up establishment Republicans. And and they like that because they believe that, that those systems in place have left them behind and or ignored them yeah. or have, have, you know, taken them for granted. Although we always know we'll get the Christian vote if you're a Republican. We always know you're going to get the... Um, um, uh, the the um, minority vote because you're a Democrat. Right. And everyone's like, no, whoa, whoa, wait, you know what? Right. We're done. Absolutely done. A part of, part of what cured this uh, was culture, you know, and, and how people view people who run culture, which mm. is in government and in the um, media, in, in the entertainment business, in the sports business, and how they view people in the middle of, of America. Um, but it's also in how government viewed them and how the press viewed them. And so it's rebellion against all institutions. Look, modern populism, very different from 1930s populism, very different from 1890s populism. Modern populism is a healthy skepticism of all things big. Okay, um, Selena, and, I, I need, I'm sorry, I have to I have a break. I, if you could just give me uh, a very short answer for this. Are you optimistic for the American, the traditional American culture long term? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm saying that as someone who is literally on the road right now, <laughs> um, a back road in Ohio. And I, you know, uh, I see evidence evidence of it everywhere. Okay. Here's the thing. They, they don't show up and, and protest. They don't show up and right. with signs. They're right. working. Right. <laughs> they're taking care of their family. Right. You know, they're getting on with the business of life. They're not obsessed with their smartphones. They're obsessed with their community, their family, their lives. Selena Zito, thank you so much. Great talking to you. The uh, name of the book is The Great Revolt. It's a must read if you really want to understand what nobody in the mainstream media is telling you about Trump voters and what's really happening. Selena Zito. All right, I want to tell you a little bit about Goldline. Uh, Goldline has uh, just minted a brand new uh, thing with a Royal Canadian Mint. It's actually called a Maple Flex Bar. And it is uh, comprised of 19 individual little teeny bars of silver. They make up two ounces of silver. And it's, it's flat like a credit card and about the size of a credit card. And it makes it possible for you to break them off into smaller bullion coins and keep the bar, the bar whole for a larger investment. But it is great for, you know, if things really start to melt down, yeah, what are you going to carry around even even two ounces of gold? If things really melt down and you need to barter, what is that? Twenty thousand dollars. Here's here's, you know, two ounces of 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 silver, which I think is what, 18 bucks. If things melt down, it's all in the right size so you can be able to break it off and buy groceries, buy gas, do whatever you need to do. And it's all from the Royal Canadian Mint. 
It's pure silver. It's called the Maple Flex Bar. I want you to check this out and see if it's right for you. Call Goldline now, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Read their important risk information. Make sure it's right for you at 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. So yesterday I had Tika Tuari on, and he made an incredible claim that Bitcoin will go to 40,000 by the end of the year. I talked to him off the air yesterday and I said, you know, that's kind of risky to say that. He said, no, I'll, I'll make a good case. He joins us next. Glenn Beck. It's Thursday, July 19th. This is the Glenn Beck program. This has been a pretty remarkable week. I think we have, um, I think we've seen it all this week. And then Tika Tawari joined us uh, yesterday and said something uh, on the broadcast that was even more remarkable. Uh, and that is Bitcoin is going to go to 40,000 by the end of this year. And then we ran out of time. And so I said, you know, I think we should have you on tomorrow to explain that. Tika is in town because he's doing a, uh, a webinar with me tonight on cryptocurrency, and it's free to join. All you have to do is go to beckcryptoshow.com, beckcryptoshow.com, and you'll be able to watch it. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, and we're going to talk about some of the evidence of what he's going to speak about here uh on 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 bitcoin and some of the the others you're going to give three cryptocurrencies yes that you're saying is they're going to explode i believe they are going to explode in value correct okay now you have credibility with me because i've been watching you for a while mm -hmm. uh i get your newsletter uh and uh you also came to me with this webinar about i don't know three months ago correct and you said to me Around the end of July, uh, you're going to see Bitcoin starting to make moves again, and uh, and we, we and we need to do a, a broadcast on it. And I was like, "Really? In July, it's going to?" Because I, if you remember right, I was freaking out. You were you freaking out. I was freaking out. And you're like, "Don't worry. All of my analysis shows that it's going to uh, in the middle of the summer, in yeah. mid July to end July." And I showed you that chart, remember? Yeah. What 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 made you go there and what makes you say it's going to go to 40,000? Okay, so there's two different parts to that. So I was around during the early 90s when the internet boom exploded. Mm -hmm. And so what I noticed early on was that the way the cryptocurrency market was growing was mirroring the way that the early tech boom was happening in the late 80s and early 90s. And so I put the charts side by side and they're up to 87% correlated. Wow. Um, the, the difference is, is that the moves in crypto happen a lot faster because crypto's global and we're, we're much more connected than we were mm -hmm. in the 90s, right? right Information right. moves a lot faster. So when I saw you the last time, I had analyzed the move from the 90s and it, and it looked as if July was gonna be when Bitcoin would bottom and it would start uh, to move higher. And that's exactly what's happening right now and why I wanted to do this event uh, in July. You know, you don't want to do it as the trains going into the station, right? You yeah, want it yeah. as, as it's just leaving the station. Yeah. And, and that's what's happening now. And it, I mean, yesterday, the last couple of days, what is it? What is it up? 15%, 10%? Yeah, it's, up, it's had a nice move. All right. It's just the beginning. And so now you said, 
you know, and I'd like to talk you out of this okay. because, he, you know, it's it's one thing to say it's going to have a great year end finish. Could be right. 10,000. You're saying it's going to be at 40,000. It will be at least $40,000 before the end of the year. Yes. Mm. Wow, you, you know I, a lot of confidence. I know. You know I'm, I lot. have you on tape. That destroys <laughs> your credibility. <laughs> Only if it's not 40000 Right. If it's 39.99. I mean, no, if, if, if it's 20000 I give you a mm-hmm. lot of credit. Mm-hmm. But that is a gigantic move. It is a gigantic move. It's not as big as a, uh, as a move as we saw last year when we were down 40% in July and we went from eighteen fifty to 20000 I was called insane for calling for 10k bitcoin when we were below two if i had uh, said 20k bitcoin somebody would have baker acted me and they would have put me on a 72 hour psych watch right, right. <laughs> there's no way uh, people would have thought that so what people don't understand and, and to get to your question you know why do i think it can move that quickly is that a uh, bitcoin there are only 16 million bitcoins and about 5 million of those bitcoins have been lost forever so there are 11 million total what do you mean how, lost how forever? have they been lost they've been lost because people have lost the private key and so uh, if you lose your private key you can never get access to those bitcoins again they just oh, sit there wow. on the blockchain so it's like having a mm. uh, a chest full of gold coins at the bottom of the marianas trench right you, mm. you can't you can't get to it so wow right so think about this. There are only 11 million left, and there are 35 million millionaires in the world. There is not enough Bitcoin for just not, I'm not even talking about the 7 billion people in the world, but the 35 million millionaires, there's not enough Bitcoin for them to each have one. And so what's going to happen is later this year, and I'll talk about this more tonight, there are going to be a series of events that is going to bring a mass adoption of Bitcoin into the marketplace that's going to make it much easier for millions and millions of people uh, to buy Bitcoin. And that, it's the, it's the scarcity with this enormous onrush of new buyers, those two forces coming together that will take Bitcoin to 40000 this what do you year. S- what do you say to the people? I just had somebody in my office last week, and they said, uh, Glenn, uh, people don't know. The major institutions, they are you know, telling credit cards and other companies, you take Bitcoin and we don't do business with you. They're, they're doing everything they can to shut Bitcoin down. That, that's absolutely not true from my perspective. And I travel all over the world and I speak to banks. I speak to development companies. I speak to people in credit card companies and payment processors. Two days ago, MasterCard just got a patent that would allow them to use Bitcoin on their credit cards and not have to deal with the 10 minute wait time. They figured out a way to get around that. Why would MasterCard do that? Do you know who the biggest holder of blockchain patents is in the world, bar none? Bank of America. Do you know who has filed for more patents uh, 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 but hasn't got as many as Bank of America? JP Morgan, Hmm. right? Goldman Sachs now has their own trading desk. So, uh, the old narrative a year ago was, yes, Bitcoin's just for criminals, Bitcoin's just for people on the dark web. But what I'm seeing now is a, 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 a rate of institutional adoption that is just massive. So you taught me something yesterday because we found out, a, a listener called um, two days ago and said, why should we believe 
what the CIA or NSA is saying about these Russians. We do. We just get this from the, you know, the Democrats and, you know, their intel. And uh, I said, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they indicted those guys. I don't know what the evidence was. I said, so let me look it up. So we looked it up. And what we found is the NSA uh, found these, what is it, 13 guys? 13 guys, 19 guys, something like 12, that. 12, I think. Yeah, um, and uh, they found these guys that were from GRU, which is the old KGB in the military, um, and uh, and traced them to their, I don't know what they were using, but their PayPal wallet or right. their, you know, their Bitcoin wallet. And then they tracked their purchases to purchase a, a VPN, which allows you to go on the dark web. And then they use the Bitcoin on the dark web to access a server, which set up Guccifer and everything else. And I had, for the life of me, always heard that these are untrackable, that you're you're not able to that nobody could nobody could follow you. And that was one of the things, because that's why drug dealers use right. Bitcoin. It's a narrative that law enforcement uh, 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 continues putting out because they love it when people are dumb enough to use Bitcoin to commit crimes because they only have to tie you to one transaction and they can unwind everything through the public blockchain. So uh, I've mentioned this before, but I speak to different prosecutors and they say to me kind of, consp uh, you know, kind of on the side, they say, Tika, we love it when people use Bitcoin. It's like leaving a whole string of breadcrumbs over what you've done. You, look, if you're going to break the law, you're better off using cash than you are using Bitcoin. So this whole idea that Bitcoin is only for drug dealers, it's for dumb drug dealers. You know, the whole idea, it's just for doing things, illegal things. It's for doing dumb, illegal things. So wait a minute, because then this kind of goes to the key that you said these five five million Bitcoins are lost forever. Right, correct. Because all they because it was my understanding that the NSA would have had to gone in and cracked the Bitcoin to find out where it was going. No, that's not true. That's as not long true. as they know, if I walked into a Seven Eleven right. and I bought a pack of M and M's with right. a Bitcoin, and right, and, and they saw that ca the camera and they saw Glenn bought it, with, and they saw the address. Yeah, they saw the number. They could then take that address and do a forensic study of the blockchain and look at every single transaction that address has been a part of. So it's just like a. It almost is like a credit card. It's if they have, like, if if they can tie you to one address, they can unwind all your transactions. Yes. Now, there are other coins that do deliver complete privacy. Why the Russians didn't use them, I don't know. Um, but Bitcoin is, it's, it's highest and best use is not privacy. So Bitcoin is, the narrative is Bitcoin, in fact, didn't you say this yesterday, Pat? Bitcoin's not good to use as cash, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain that, that because people look at Bitcoin as... Um, uh, you know, is gold. I'm right. going to have Bitcoin, I'm going to put it away, but I can't yeah. really spend it and it's a hassle to use. And so a lot of these other cryptocurrencies have been saying, no, no, we're a lot easier to right. use. Bitcoin is changing though, right? Is this B Bitcoin, Bitcoin is changing. There are a couple of uh, technological changes that are going to be happening later this year, which I'm going to go into much more detail. Is this part uh, of the 40,000? It's absolutely part of the 40,000. And one key rule that uh, everybody listening should know is that it's usage that drives the ultimate value of a coin. And so when you're analyzing a coin, 
even though it might not be be utilized much now, what you've got to look at is, okay, what are the things that are going to be happening in the path, the technological path of development that will increase usage dramatically? And so there are two things happening in the Bitcoin network right now that will explode usage uh, later this year. And, and again, I don't want to do a deep dive on it here, but, yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. but tonight I, I absolutely will. But I'll, I will say this, um, that for me right now, the primary use case of Bitcoin is an alternative to gold. And even if that was all it ever was, uh, Bitcoin is still fundamentally incredibly cheap. Um, but as I mentioned, there are two things happening later this year that will drive the usage of Bitcoin much, much higher and make it more like a, more of a traditional currency that we're used to. And when that happens, does it stabilize the price to where this, the floor is not as low as it is right now? No, Bitcoin will continue to be... It will uh, continue the it, it wild con fluctuation? It will continue to be, have wild fluctuations. The best anal mm. analogy I can draw is Microsoft. For the first 20 years Microsoft was around, it was a wildly volatile stock. For the first 10 years, and then the second 10, not so much. But now, it's worth almost a trillion dollars, and it's not as volatile. But it, it, it had to be that volatile in order to get to its ultimate value. So Bitcoin is going to follow a similar trajectory. Ultimately, Bitcoin mm. will be worth hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. But between now and then, we'll have the volatility. And thank goodness we have it because it gives us the opportunity to make an enormous amount of money. We talked to a guy, was it last year, who told us um, that while he believes everybody should have at least some Bitcoin, one or mm -hmm. part of one, um, it could be in, in within five years, it could be zero or it could be worth a million dollars a coin. Do you subscribe to that theory? Um, I don't think Bitcoin will, will go to zero. I think if Bitcoin was going to go to zero, it would have happened when we had the Mt. Gox hack mm -hmm. uh, 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 way back when. So I don't think we're going to zero. Um, could we go to a million dollars a coin? Uh, could that happen in our lifetime? In order for that to happen, fiat currencies around the world would have to com collapse. Com completely collapse Yeah. Uh, in order for that to take so place. So you don't necessarily want to root for that. I, I don't, I don't want to root thing. for that. That would <laughs> no. be uh, you know, yeah. just so disruptive yeah, for, right. the, for everyone. I, I'm yes. not looking for that. What I'm saying is, is, that, is that Bitcoin is a brand new asset class. It's an important asset class. It's mm -hmm. wildly undervalued. And we have a multi-year long-term trend in front of us of upward prices. So mm -hmm. I look at the blockchain for sure. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency, pretty sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and Bitcoin, fairly sure. Like the internet. Mm -hmm. The other cryptocurrencies, I kind of look at as... Uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, some of them will be pets.com. Correct. You know what I mean? So you can bet on these other ones. Right. But, but the, the Bitcoin blockchain, that's, and cryptocurrency, that's the internet. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I would say for, na for now that's true. I, I would say the blockchain, the blockchain technology is akin to TCP IP, which allowed the internet uh, to blossom. Okay. What I think will happen is that I think the Bitcoin blockchain will continue to be one of the most important blockchains out there, but other blockchains will also be very important. Where I think that next level of value will be unlocked, Glenn, is when when these blockchains can start talking to one another. So the so the internet, 
the protocols for the internet were around since the 70s. Yeah. But it wasn't until Cisco came around that made routers that actually allowed these different disparate uh, internet-enabled systems to talk to one another and transmit data to one another that you saw that explosion of value. Yeah, because before that, you it was like one university could use their system, right? And it then it was the only the university systems. Yes, but then eventually you could you could go into their system eventually, and that was Cisco was the key technology behind that. And so there is another um, uh, project that that is linking all of those. And, How uh, far away are we from that? Under a year. Uh, these Under a year, we'll have the ability to connect blockchains together. So it's another network effect, an order of magnitude, right? It's a whole nother level of growth uh, that we're going to see once these can communicate together. Tika, thank you so much. Tika Tawari, um, he is um, a former hedge fund guy that has made a lot of people a lot of money on um, on cryptocurrency, and we're doing a, uh, a webinar tonight. Uh, if you'd like to sign up, it's absolutely free. Uh, there's going to be lots of information uh, that you can take. I urge you to do all of your own homework. Uh, please do not invest in any of this stuff uh, that you can't afford to lose. It's extraordinarily volatile. Uh, but if you are somebody who considers yourself on the cutting edge, this is something that you really don't want to miss tonight. Eight o'clock. You will only find it online at uh, beckcryptoshow.com. That's beckcryptoshow.com. You can watch it tonight. It's absolutely free. Eight o'clock. We'll be taking your questions. And I think you and I are going to do Facebook taking questions. We will. So right after this program as well, if you have any crypto questions, uh, Tika and I are going to take them right after this broadcast. Uh, you can go and find that at uh, Facebook and uh, my Facebook page, Glenn Beck. Tika, thank you so much. Thank you. See you tonight. All right. Ironically, as people improve the cybersecurity on their computers, thieves are turning back to stealing from mailboxes. And they are using old tech. They're actually using rat traps uh, and making the rat trap really, really sticky. Then they put it a string on it and then they actually put it down. I mean, does this seem like 1800? I don't even know who writes letters anymore, but they stick it down into the public mailbox. The rat trap that uh, springs and it catches a bunch of letters. They pull it out. And that's how they're actually getting, uh, you know, gift cards and and personal information like Social Security numbers. Who knew mailboxes still existed? There are so many threats in today's connected world. It takes just one weak link and criminals are in. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and to your devices that you can't easily see on your own. And if you have a problem, their agents are going to work to fix it. That's the key. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats or prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, with now Norton Security, they're able to, you know, uncover all of the threats that you're going to miss on your own. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, and use the promo code BECK and get uh, an extra 10% off that first year. That's promo code BECK at 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. Glenn Beck. So there is a, there's a story that, you know, just been kind of, excuse the pun, bubbling up uh, under the surface here. Uh, mm-hmm. For a while now, they keep talking about this, you know, big volcano in uh, Yellowstone Park. 
Well, apparently, a little fissure opened up um, by uh, the Grand Tetons, which is part of the Yellowstone Park uh, area. And uh, it was just it was just a fissure of about uh, barely a crack. Yeah. hundred feet. feet or so. Uh, and uh, they're now worried about rock slides and everything. They closed the park or part of the park uh, because of this fissure. And they're afraid that it is a sign that, uh oh, Big Mama is waking up. Um, that wouldn't be good. No. Six thousand times the force of mount saint helens if you've ever seen the radius of say the ash fallout and it's two-thirds of the united states of america two-thirds would be uninhabitable i'm hoping this yellowstone thing isn't yeah let it get its own picnic basket We've had a long buildup for this one, but it's here tonight. Glenn Beck, Tika Tawari, talking Bitcoin, talking cryptocurrencies. Today is the day, July 19th. You got to go to BeckCryptoShow.com and get registered because you're going to miss out if you don't do it right now. You probably have been thinking about this over the past couple of weeks, uh, whether you should bother getting registered. You're going to want to know this for just a couple of reasons. The new case for Bitcoin. What is it? What's the stuff behind the scenes going on that maybe the media is not reporting right now? You're going to get that tonight. You're also going to get the names, the specific names of three cryptocurrencies that Tika Tawari says are buys right now. You got to know where you're going in this market. It's a lot to understand, and this will boil it down for you. Plus, I mean, this is the best reason to do it right here. Palm Beach Letters exclusive $2 million Bitcoin giveaway. You can be part of that as well. Make sure you don't miss out. Tonight is the night. BeckCryptoShow.com. Go there and register now. BeckCryptoShow.com. It's free. BeckCryptoShow.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, I'm going to give you a story here that um, I find a, a little interesting. Uh, authorities uh, have found bombs and guns while serving a uh, search warrant for burglaries. While serving a search warrant, detectives found that they, um, they say were bomb-making materials the police bomb squad were called to the residents and authorities evacuated the surrounding area. Authorities say they found multiple explosive devices as well as aluminum nitrate and aluminum powder, which they say have no other uses other than for explosive devices. Authorities also seized multiple firearms and a homemade firearm silencer from the residents. Einer World, who is the name of the guy they arrested, was arrested on multiple burglary charges and for the sale or transportation of a destructive device. More charges may be coming. Authorities say they found multiple bombs and bomb-related items, as well as multiple items related to Antifa, the anti-fascist militant group as well as other items indicating an extreme hatred for law enforcement and the government. Now, this, this happened uh, a few days ago um, in, uh, in South Dakota. And I was a little shocked that I haven't heard about it because it was like, you know, it's almost like um, uh, the uh, Occupy Wall Street thing that, of course, never happened where they were actually caught Occupy Wall Street people with bombs going to the bridge in where was it Cleveland? Yeah. OK, you never heard that story. 
Most people don't even know that existed. They arrested people who were trying to blow up a bridge. While they were media was on the hunt for the wicked tea party, that happened and nobody reported on it. So I did a Google search and I, uh, I, I ran uh, Mark Einerwold and Antifa. Uh, no coverage from MSNBC, from CNN, from NBC, from CBS, from ABC, from PBS, from the New York Times. Not even Fox News has covered this. Uh, in fact, no news outlet in the world has covered this except KDLT.com, the Washington Examiner, the Sioux Falls Argus Leader, and us. I find that kind of interesting. Here's a, here's a guy connected to an Antifa movement. And remember, Antifa is their, their cells. So this guy might have been just a lone wolf. But he was a fan of Antifa and not a fan of the government or police. You know, making some bombs. But, ah, who's to, who's to judge? It's a couple of bombs among friends. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, let's go to the, uh, let's go to the straw controversy. Um, well, there's no controversy. Um, you know, there's a movement now to ban straws because they're so bad. Mm-hmm. Straws are, they're actually choking the planet to death. Now, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they are. They're okay. systematically strangling planet Earth mm. to death. Now, um, I, you know, I remember, you're old enough to remember these. Do you remember the paper straws that we used to have with milk? I do, yeah. Okay, in school? Mm-hmm. They'd give us paper straws. And uh, the argument against them was something about the trees. Trees. Blah, blah, blah. My mm. argument was they were worthless. They were worthless. They were good for about four sips. And mm-hmm. then they're made out of paper. Uh, so I was kind of happy to see the whole plastic straw thing. But uh, I think a lot of people were. Uh, but then we found out the extensive research about how many straws are dispensed every day. You know, we learned from Stu about every day. Two years ago, and uh, the press still hasn't really picked up on... Uh, no, they haven't. Um, that, although there's fi- there was finally a story that I found last night yeah. about the 500 million drinking straws we use every day. 500, 500 million. million. Wow. Wow, how did they come up with that number? They must have done extensive research. Well, by them, I mean, he must have done extensive research. Who is, who is who, he? A nine-year-old boy named Milo Kress. Now, Milo, he's a straw expert and a straw expert and a genius. He what, was he in college? He's doing no, this for a dissertation uh-uh. at nine. No, he was uh, he was actually in third or fourth grade. Ah, and he uh, saw that a lot of kids took straws back to their table uh, during lunch break in the cafeteria at school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's like, a lot of those kids aren't even using them. Uh, what a waste. And so he called around a little bit to find out how many straws were dispensed every day. Mm. And he got too many different answers. So he decided to go with 500 million because it no. was right <laughs> around the area where it was in the middle of some of the numbers that he'd heard thrown around. Really? Yeah. So this fourth grader did this. Yes. Uh-huh. And he came up with the th- with the uh, number of 500 million per day, mm-hmm. just started campaigning about it let's hey let's stop the waste and everybody including the new york times uh national geographic usa today the national park service 
all of them picked up this number as if it were absolute hardcore fact done by, you know, scientists. And uh, that's where the 500 million drinking straws daily comes from. This nine-year-old kid who was upset uh, at school Mm -hmm. because some kids weren't using their straw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now they've been banned at Starbucks. They've been banned at McDonald's. Uh, They're banned in several uh, metropolitan jurisdictions. And it all began in 2011 with this. uh, He was nine years old at the time. He's 16 now. Well, I know that I know that Starbucks, um, you know, they 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 bought into this and they've gotten rid of the straws there at Starbucks. And mm-hmm. last week it was announced that the lid that they replaced the straws with because they needed a new kind of lid. Um, that's about twice as bad as the straws. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot more plastic. Yeah. And if they if they went back and said, you know what, those lids were really bad and they started using straws. No one would care. Everyone who is on the straw bandwagon would condemn them for oh, having straws. No question. They'd be like, no, no, but it, the replacement was twice as bad for the environment. Nobody would care. No, absolutely care. not. And how much do I care? Not at all. <laughs> if you get between me and my straw, however, I do care. I do care. But yeah. the whole 500 million straws? Nope. You know Why? Because I grew up in a time when we used to have paper straws, and we liked it. No, we didn't actually. No, we actually, didn't. We, we didn't. We, like we it. would walk. We would walk twenty miles backward in the snow, both ways mm-hmm. to school, and mm-hmm. we didn't like that. Um, but you know the thing we liked li- less: paper straws. Uh, let me give you a story out of the Netherlands. Um, uh, Pat, uh, uh, it's a story about a mistress. Okay, now I, mm-hmm. I, I just want you to imagine your wife, my wife, finds out that we're cheating on them. Okay. okay. What do our wives do? Uh, I think at least attempted murder on each of us. Right, right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they come after him. Bodily what would they harm. do with the the mistress? I my wife would be I think more pissed at me. I I think her anger would be directed toward me. Yeah, I mean she would. I, I don't think she'd do anything to the mistress. No, I don't think so either. I think my wife would just pity her. My yeah, wife would be like, was, "Wow, your life was that really empty. bad taste." You what went you? for him. <laughs> I mean, look at me. Look at me. He may seem funny and entertaining or interesting, mildly interesting from time to time. Live with him. Yeah. And then see. Marry him. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. I think your wife might do the same. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because our wives think too much alike. Anyway, um, remember the day when they thought we were funny? <laughs> it's been a while. That's been a long time. It's been a while. Or interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been even longer. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so this woman found out that uh, her uh, her husband had been cheating on her. For five years with one of her friends. So she calls up the friend in air quotes and says, uh, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm watching a movie or doing something that you really want to do. Why don't you come on over to the house? (laughs) And uh, because they're in the Netherlands, you know, the the, the mistress said, uh, yeah, sure. And so she came over. And uh, the uh, the wife overwhelmed her uh, and tied her down. <clears throat> and then she took out a, uh, a hot Indonesian 
uh, chili pepper sauce. Now, when you're, you know, you're talking about hot sauce. Okay. You know, pace, get a rope. I got it. You go to Indonesia to get your hot sauce. I think we're talking a different level. She, um, uh, she says, you've been, uh, you've been, uh, messing around with my husband and, uh, oh no, no. Yeah, sure. And, uh, so then she, the, 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 the wife shaves the woman's head and then gets the hot sauce. <clears throat> and then she, um, I don't want to get graphic here. She, t- uh, took, uh, uh, took her, uh, 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 panties and then she, uh, applied the Indonesian chili sauce uh, to a, a very sensitive part of her body. <laughs> Which probably wasn't that funny to the person it was being done to. I don't think it's really funny. No, it's, it's not, not even to us, no, but you but, seem to have. I mean, it's a good, that's, it probably doesn't cause permanent damage, right? No, I, I, and that's a good, I mean, shave the head and that, you've made a statement. You've made well, a statement. You, yes, you I don't know if yeah. it's a statement you should make. <laughs> no, probably I don't not. Know. But it, so, so but. why was she so upset? Uh, because she, it's not like she even loved this guy. All right. Uh, she said, uh, you know, I, I, I married him uh, and I, I became uh, pregnant unexpectedly. Well, I can't be really unexpected. I mean, you. You know how that works, right? And she said, I, I wanted a divorce, but then I became uh, uh, married. Uh, then I became pregnant again. So I, I have two young children. Uh, and, uh, and then here comes this woman, my friend, and she betrays me with my husband. So she has said, I talked to my mother about it. I don't know if her mother knew about the hot sauce thing or was involved in that. She said, I talked to my mother about it. And she said that I should take my husband back. And uh, so she uh, has forgiven him. Uh, but she said, I have not forgotten about it. Now, I'm not sure if she's taken the friend back as well. Um, or if you mm. were a friend, you know, if you were the one, you know, with a hot sauce on you. I don't think I'm going back into her life. <laughs> I don't, I don't you know, it's so. a little, it'd be a little awkward. Yeah. I, I think I'm, yeah. I think I've, I, I've, I've had enough of everybody in this house, but thank you. <laughs> uh, by the way, the, um, the neighbor was sentenced to three months in prison. The, the neighbor, because the neighbor helped hold the woman down. Uh, and what did the woman who applied the hot sauce get? Her husband back. Okay. All right. Congratulations. Perfect on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that went well. All right. So Tika Tawari, uh, we just had him on. He is our go-to expert on cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. He's actually been teaching a class uh, for our listeners, and it gets you know uh, an A plus rating. It's I think it's ninety seven percent. Give it four stars. It's it's. You know, it's quite a a good deal. He's a great teacher. Anyway, he said that uh, here is your last chance before Bitcoin goes to, he says, 40,000 by the end of the year. That is pretty incredible. 
but he's going to explain it tonight. And he, I mean, he's been working on this thing for about three months. And he told me three months ago, in the middle of June, you're going to start to see Bitcoin uh, start to recover and it's going to start to recover quickly. And uh, he comes into town and in the last two days, it's up, what, 11%, 15%? Yeah. It's- I mean, it's like it's happening again. Uh, and he said, I can explain why. And I'm also going to give you the name of three different cryptocurrencies to invest in that are not as expensive as Bitcoin. But he is really urging Bitcoin. I always urge you to do your uh, your own homework. Um, so please, if you if you watch tonight, do your own homework and think all of this through, but he's going to bring you all of the information tonight. It's all free. You don't have to be a Blaze subscriber or anything. It's free. You go to BeckCryptoShow.com, BeckCryptoShow.com. I am there to just kind of uh, facilitate and ask questions, and, and also we're going to be taking questions from the, uh, from the audience, so you'll be able to ask questions. Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern, live, you have to register to be a part of this. Go to BeckCryptoShow.com and register now. It's at 8 o'clock tonight, Eastern Time. You want to be a part of this. Also, he's going to be taking some questions here in about 15 minutes on Facebook with me. So go to my Facebook page. Is it my page or the Blaze? My page. Um, And uh, we're just going to be taking questions from the audience. uh, And we'll do that for about 10 or 15 minutes uh, right after this broadcast. And then we prepare tonight. You don't want to miss this. Absolutely free. BeckCryptoShow.com. So they've um, they've stopped California from splitting into three states, which I'm really bummed about. Um, the California Supreme Court uh, has said, no, you can't really do that. You have to have uh, three quarters of the legislature vote for it, and then it can go to the people, which that's mm. stupid. It sounds like a typical California thing. Yeah, no, I got to have the people in charge decide if that's okay for the little people to decide. I would also think the federal government has some say there. I thought it did, but I, apparently I, I, not. Yeah, I don't think you can just do that and create I think you four can, more senators. I think you can, because uh, it was my understanding in the Constitution that it no state could subdivide. No state could. Except Texas. It's always, it's always it's that. Always Texas. It's always that, except for Texas. Mm-hmm. You can't hide aliens. Except Except Texas. Texas. Uh, Okay, so anyway, uh, Pat's going to be talking about that on his show coming up next on the Blaze Radio Network. I'll see you tonight, 5 o'clock on the Blaze. And then for the crypto show, beckcryptoshow.com. Facebook next. Mercury.